Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Manips and Sips, episode three with Dr. Jeremy Boyd and Dr. Brandon Cruz. Uh, it's a pretty late evening. It's about 10 o'clock. Uh, just got home from my uh, late day at work, uh, as uh, did you, Jeremy. Um, right now, I'm trying to relax on uh, my terrace overlooking the uh, city skyline. So forgive me if uh, the wind uh, kicks in every once in a while. It gets a little um, rustly there, brussily. Uh, but I have my, my drink in hand here. Uh, I chose Basil Hayden. Um, this is uh, from Kentucky. Uh, uh, it's, uh, not the typical um, whiskey that you have uh, produced from corn. This has a little bit more of a rye mash to it. Um, it's a nice, uh, nice light-bodied, um, but has a uh, bit of a, a hint of spice and and white pepper uh, finished it, um, but I have it on the rocks and uh, looking to get going with it. All right, and uh, for me over here, I'm also I'm on my deck, which is on the second floor, enjoying this gorgeous night. Uh, I take that from uh, Brandon once we start talking about the terrace. So i out here and join you out here. Uh, so, yeah, a long day. Uh, busy meeting people, trying to go to school for the first time. That was actually a pretty... Uh, Pretty great experience. I know there's some people who say CrossFit's uh, dangerous and uh, everything like that, but it was actually a really good experience. I'm glad I, I tried it. Uh, as for me, uh, right now I am drinking John Quad Van Dam by uh, a local brewery uh, called Kelly Green Brewery in Pittman, New Jersey, which is the town right next to my clinic. Uh, it is a Belgian quad, and I can say I've never had a Belgian quad before. It's a it's a darker beer, uh, not too hoppy at all, a real smooth finish, and it's uh, I believe this is 11% alcohol, so it's, it packs a bit of a punch, but goes down real smooth. So I'm excited about uh, having this for this uh, episode here, the, the episode we talk about the name of the show and everything. Yeah, so uh, before we really dive into um, you know future episodes and, and the various topics, we figure we pay homage to the name of uh, Manips and Sips, and basically talk about uh, what got us uh, intrigued uh, into doing manipulations. Why is it such a repertoire, and uh, you know our treatment, and uh, you know the way we practice. Um, we obviously have a, a, uh, a spinal manipulation course that we teach. Um, so, cause well, just kind of want to talk about, uh, what courses we've taken and what we like about it, what we don't like about it and go from there. Uh, Jay, you want to, um, I guess lead us. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll talk first about, uh, the name of, of Manips and Sips and how we came about with it. Uh, I think it originally started with, you know, the corny joke that I'm sure half of us physical therapists say is while we're treating patients and saying, you know, a patient makes a comment, which, uh, hey, do you want me to do anything? Do you do anything for you? And like, oh, it'd be great if I had a cocktail with it. I'm like, oh, my corny joke was always it should be like a BYO or have some drinks during physical therapy. That way everyone mellows out. And, uh, I was talking that with a friend of mine and a client of mine, and uh, we were just talking about manipulations, and he threw out the name of Nips and Sips uh, in regards to this. So, instantaneously, that is awesome. Uh, we had this name in the hashtag for forever, and uh, we decided to uh, make it into a podcast. So, um, it's, it's 
exactly what I was hoping it to be is some some drinks and now we get to talk about some manips and manipulations so oh, actually we did have a couple of viewers who didn't know what manips was and those are the non-physical therapy viewers which I was excited to hear about uh, manipulations is a type of uh, manual therapy uh, where we pr- provide a high velocity low amplitude thrust which is just a pretty much a quick motion uh, to a particular joint, most commonly known in the spine, uh, is where we most people know about them, and it may or may not elicit what we call a cavitation, uh, or what most people know as a crack. So that's typically what we refer to as a manipulation. Brandon, I'm sure, has a better explanation of of manipulations, um, but that's, I guess, in a nutshell, what they are. So. No, I think you hit it uh, right on the head there, Jay. Oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, I uh, listened to you a lot during your courses. So it kind of it worked well. Uh, so me personally, in regards to manipulations, uh, why I found them so fascinating, why I apply them pretty much, uh, I would have to say every single day of practice, uh, is that uh, – uh, it was probably my first affiliation when I was under, if you listen to other podcasts or the first podcast was under Terry uh, Andrews and he was a certified manual therapist through Maitland and he showed me a couple manipulations. I think the first one he actually showed me with the, was the cuboid whip manipulation of the foot and the effect that I had on the client. Like I was hammering home doing the mobilizations or the joint play kind of techniques I was learning uh from my previous experience being an aide, just watching them and just from PT school. And he's like, let me show you this. And it had such a profound effect that right there. And then I got, I got hooked on it. And then from there, he showed me some thoracic and lumbar techniques. So uh, that's pretty much what got me into it. And then residency is you hear our other episode uh, really, really hammered it home for me. And, just seeing the research backing it up and then just clinically there's a lot of research out there uh some things they'll say yeah yeah that works sometimes it doesn't uh but clinically in my own clinic when i apply it uh has been pretty effective and there'll be a lot of times where i've done a mobilization or um, soft tissue technique and then i'm like you know i'm gonna try manipulation and uh it seems like it's it's works for me so it's it's a matter of applying it when it's appropriate so uh yeah that's my story on manipulations and uh i love to perform them and probably be something in my practice for a long time coming awesome jared now you've uh, definitely come a long way since we first started uh working together with the manipulations um but uh my first uh foray i guess uh aside from you know get them done uh as a kid or a high school athlete, you know, going to the chiropractor and getting a, what they term an adjustment. Um, I really first really got into it in PT school. There was actually a uh, gentleman who was a, a uh, licensed chiropractor who went back to get his PT license. Uh, we befriended each other and uh, he would uh, not only always, uh, you know, manipulate my spine, um, but he began to kind of show me, you know, a couple things here and there. Um, and then as a, we began to get into the uh, internship or the clinical portion where I actually got to practice these a little bit more frequently, uh, definitely just kind of hooked me. So if you, uh, for those of you who heard our, our last podcast um, about, uh, you know, residency, I, before I even went to residency, we had a small intro 
into a, a abbreviated uh, manipulation uh, class um, and how to use them, how to appropriately use them, how to um, definitely apply forces. And we, we only learned a handful uh, in those two days. But um, like I said uh, last time, Bill Egan and Scott Burns, who are the, the two PTs that taught us, um, just, you know, knocked it out of the park. Their, their skill set was amazing. And I was like, I got I to gotta learn what these guys are doing. Um, so, you know, I went on to my residency. Uh, like I said, started my residency just so I could learn my nips. Uh, obviously, got a ton, ton else uh, out of it. But, um, you know, since then, uh, I've been practicing about five years now. I have taken, you know, hundreds of courses from uh, Manipalooza, which uh, is no longer, sadly, um, a course. But uh, it used to be basically, it was by uh, Evidence in Motion, EIM. They offered uh, basically three days where you go out and uh, you learn manipulations. Um, however, the year I took it was uh, one of the first years where they really began to, that, uh, that pendulum began to swing towards pain science and, you know, biopsychosocial approach. So Manipalooza turned into a little bit more of an encompassing uh, out weekend than what I was expecting. So, you know, I was a little disappointed because I went in and looked thinking I was going to get one thing and got something else. But I was also the first time I heard Adrian Lowe speak um, and he could turn a boring topic or what seemed to be a boring topic at the time into a uh, engaging and riveting one. So I was definitely happy I took that course. Like I said, it no longer exists. Um, they have now switched to uh, the Align course, I believe it is. Uh, another course I took uh, prominent is uh, one of the James Dunning uh, courses. Uh, his techniques are uh, very crisp and spot on. Uh, works with you on uh, creating creating a, a, a barrier and getting multiple cavitations with each um each technique that you do so really refining what i learned with those uh you know rear year residency and then um with the manipalooza course uh and then the big one i took which uh i'm really glad i did was uh the gibbons and Tehan master class course that was a five-day course so uh gibbons and Tehan, uh they are uh a physiotherapist and a osteopractor not i'm sorry doctor of osteopathic medicine uh i got confused the osteopractor is uh james dunning uh so T- gibbons Tehan are from australia come around once or twice a year to the united states uh and they have their three and five day course so i took mine out in oklahoma about a year and a half ago uh spent the extra money spent the extra time to to you know, be around these basically living legends in my eyes to learn uh, the way they do things. So, uh, again, just further refinement of a lot of techniques I already learned. Uh, I learned some new ones, but a lot of it was how to make the technique of manipulation, especially spinal manipulation, more comfortable for patients using a minimal leverage uh, technique where you're not going into end range I know a lot of programs or a lot of uh, way, a lot of ways it's taught. Manipulation is taught is bring that patient to an end range tech, uh, end range position or end range barrier, and then you're kind of thrusting through it or plowing through it. Uh, their approach is much more gentler, much more soft. Uh, it's much more reliant on speed. Um, so really, really fine tune what I was doing. 
Um, and then since then, you know, I've been teaching, you know, our own courses. I teach at Rutgers um, and get to kind of spearhead the manipulation uh, aspect over there as well. So uh, just really, really, um, you have to dive into it. It's not something you can learn in a weekend and then come out, you know, being an expert. You know, I've taken many courses. I've worked with many people on how to constantly refine my techniques uh, and you know, you get frustrated those first couple days out. And I find a lot of people avoid tend to avoid manipulations, uh, because they they come out of the course, they're psyched, they're motivated, they're inspired, and then they try it on their own. And their first couple times, they don't, maybe don't get the cavitation or they don't feel as confident. And after two days, maybe they just think it's not for them, and they go away from it. Uh, it definitely takes a lot of practice in the beginning. Um, and a lot of self-reflection and a lot of feedback, uh, you know, from uh, either yourself or if you have a mentor around you or something. So uh, that's kind of where uh, where I've been with manipulations. Uh, as for me, I definitely didn't go into as many courses as Brandon did, but definitely uh, lived vicariously through him and then uh, all the private sessions and the mentorship that you gave me I learned a lot uh I think you gave me some of the best nuggets from uh from those courses so uh obviously through the residency we learned a lot and then um what else I took his uh, I took the Maitland so the LMT approach uh their manipulations of course and then uh, I took the Gibbons and Tehan uh, um, online course talking about uh, manipulations. I didn't get to go out to the Oklahoma one as much as I wanted to. I think I was studying for one of the board exams at that point. And then uh, also this recently just went to the uh, had a residency collaboration uh, at Philadelphia between UPenn, Temple, Drexel, Jefferson, and McGee. And it was a manipulation uh, like kind of course where we all kind of collaborated. We discussed and try to help refine each other's techniques. And it was pretty awesome because it was amongst, uh, you know, fellow residents, specialists, fellows and everything like that. And it was amazing to be able to like, you know, chime in, help out uh, even at that level. So amongst that group of individuals. So that's my experience uh, with manipulations thus far and taking some courses and everything like that. So. Yeah. Um, I remember that one. That was in the beginning of the May. I was a little uh, jealous and envious. I wasn't able to make that. I had a, a prior engagement. I had <laughs> but uh, for those of you who are listening and interested in manipulations, um, if you do get an opportunity, it is a little bit pricey. And especially when you add on airfare and hotel and, and travel, um, definitely look up one of the Gibbons of Teehan courses. Um, like I said, they're only around once, maybe twice a year. And I think it's Arizona and Oklahoma are usually the two places they do it. They're getting older, um, so I don't know how much longer they'll be doing it. But if you get the opportunity, they have a, they have a great course you can take. Um, but, you know, transitioning uh, uh, into why uh, I do them, um, they are effective. Uh, they're quick. It's easy for the people who are the therapists, um, even uh, chiropractors out there who have gone away from doing manipulations or adjustments as, as termed in other professions. Um, you know, 
the argument is that it's not effective. The research doesn't support it. It's passive treatment. Um, the research does support it. I mean, we can go, we'll probably go into that in some other, uh, other podcasts, but you know, if you want to do a more active approach, a manipulation probably takes 30 seconds to a minute. That gives you the rest of the session to do what you need to do. Um, and like I said, the, the research does really support it. So it's a quick, dirty test, retest, get that patient, um, you know, doing what you need to do right afterwards and, and roll them into maybe a more active uh, variation of what you just did on the table. Uh, typically, for example, I'll do a, a thoracic manipulation and then I'll have them go and do some active thoracic extension or rotation exercises before I go into, um, you know, loading that pattern. So in my eyes, we're getting that, that passive treatment, uh, any neurophysiological effects that may be open through it. And then we're, the next step is to add an active approach where that patient does exactly what we just did, maybe uh, thoracic extensions or rotations on a foam roll uh, to build that pattern. And now we're going to load it with some exercises after that, depending on what they need. So I, I think you're, we're kind of hitting all the, the points along the spectrum there. Absolutely. And uh, I think also on top of that is while you're working and doing these manipulations and stuff, you get the patient to the table. That's when you can throw in your education. I mean, me personally, when I'm doing my exercising or anything like that, I'm either too focused on the exercise itself. And, I, you know, it's a tough time to give that education. So I always think that, you know, when I'm doing my manipulations and mobilizations, this is a real good time to, uh, to provide that education, build up that therapeutic alliance, make them feel better. And for all those listeners at home, Brandon mentioned the test retest. Uh, a lot of therapists or decent amount of therapists don't know what that is. Uh, put simply is you find some sort of um, activity or a painful area or some sort of thing that you know means something to the patient. Let's say they, they're hurting at their you know, their biceps or anything like that. And you do a technique or you do an exercise and immediately afterwards you redo that uh, pain scale and see if it made an impact. Or you see, you test that range of motion and you do something and then if it increases, you know it was beneficial. If it didn't get anywhere, all right, maybe you need to modify your technique or maybe that technique wasn't beneficial. So manipulations are a good way to wham, bam, all right, let me test, retest. Oh, it's an improvement. We know it's beneficial. All right, let's continue on with the rest of the session as Brandon was discussing. So uh, that's why I like to use it for, and I'm a big thing, a big proponent of education and everything. That's where I've taken a lot of courses. Um, so I think it provides me with that opportunity to do that. And, you know, uh, I think patients come to you versus a personal trainer or you know a massage therapist or chiropractor oh you're here to also help you know do something to help me reduce my pain and then show me the way where i can take it the rest of the way with these exercises and drills so uh that's how i kind of use it uh in, in the clinic no you hit uh you hit all the right points there jaren like you said we have the ability with our profession to kind of dabble in a, a little bit of everything um and i should probably be careful the way the way i say that but you touched upon 
um, a personal trainer, a massage therapist, and a, a chiropractor. And what we're able to do is utilize these tools or these interventions um, to create a, uh, a plan of care or a broad-based uh, treatment plan. And it's just not one thing. Um, and that's what I think really separates our profession. Uh, and profession can be so great um, if we allow it to. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think we can uh, provide the whole package um, as long as we do that. Uh, as we're, I think you mentioned, uh, podcasts is a lot of us, or some of us, will go down one avenue and kind of restrict themselves. And when we do that, we're kind of, you know, taking away that 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 perk of us where we can dabble into a little bit of things and provide the whole package for the patient. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, with some viewers listening in, you can definitely consider these type of techniques uh, following some classes and training and mentorship and provide it for your clients. Yep. So uh, you, you, you hit everything on the head, Jer. Um, but uh, I think with, with that, we'll, uh, we'll begin to wrap up this uh, our episode three here. And mm-hmm. we look forward to uh, episode four where we get to dive a little bit deeper into our profession. Uh, yeah. I think uh, maybe a good way to finish things off here is uh, why don't you talk about uh, lastly and should be quick is uh, what is your favorite manip or manipulation? Oh. For the, uh, what is my favorite, favorite manip? One. If you're stuck on an island, I guess you wouldn't really matter if you're stuck on an island or not, but if you're forced – to only do one manipulation for the rest of your career. Oh, can, can can I get can I get one a segment? Cause oh, phew. I don't know, man. Uh, I would used to be very very big on that prone CT junction. That that was uh, when I first learned that that was like my go-to. Um, lumbar. Oh, I'll leave it at that. The prone CT junction. I, I say if that's done right, that's that's a nice one. Uh, that yeah. clears up. That clears a lot of things up in that cervical and thoracic area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So now I'm thinking back. I'm like, wow, I screwed myself over with this question because now I'm I'm thinking the same way. I'm like, I at least need one per area. But uh, I'm the I'm the knucklehead who asked the question. So. I'm a huge fan of CT junctions, as you as you know. You see me in the clinic there, um, but for purpose of one, the name, the first manipulation I learned, and how effective when I use it, uh, I'm gonna go with that cuboid whip manipulation. One, yeah, yeah right. A foot good, one. good for sprained ankles. Huh. Good for huh? sprint, those, those chronic sprint ankles. Those are great sprint for those. ankles or those those plantar fasciitis that just don't get better. And it's you get your palpation and you're like, wow, this isn't really on that uh, plantar fascia origin there. And you slide off. It's at the cuboid. And it's like, oh, all right, I'm going to be the man who figures this out. Uh, so that's always fun because generally when they get to that point here, you know, like the second or third provider, uh, and you pull that out, you look like the man. And I only pull that maneuver off when I'm like convinced. I'm like, I feel that cuboid. It's not moving well. It's tender as hell to touch. 
And when I pull out, people feel generally that's like the biggest home run effect. Uh, the other point that, that my last name's Boyd and it's Q Boyd, and it is the first manipulation I ever ha- ever had to do or learned to do. And it was my first evaluation as a uh, student physical therapist. And I remember that first day is cuboid syndrome in my CI. I was like, you know what cuboid syndrome is? I'm like, I know where the cuboid is. The rest, I don't know. So uh, I have to, that has to be my, my favorite overall. But I do love those CT junctions. But I think, uh, I think I'll leave it with I like it. And I, I think uh, on one of your Technique Tuesdays, you did the cuboid whip and uh, re-spelt uh, Boyd with uh, your last name. So I do recall that. It doesn't make sense now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to see if I can modify it in any way that I can rename it professionally across the entire PT uh, nation to cuboid with my last name. But it's a solid technique, so it's probably not going to – my dream's not going to happen with that one, but mm. I'll, I'll well, keep it. Now that I know it's your dream, I'll uh, help you uh, – or hopefully we'll be able to help you uh, reach it. <laughs> that would be the dream. But uh, I guess uh, I guess that would be good to wrap up with things. Uh, always closing notes here is that uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that, uh, or seeking mentorship – or looking for good manipulation courses or any courses that is in orthopedics and sports. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I don't take any courses in the neuro cardio or any other uh, physical therapy. I keep it to sports, physical therapy, and manual therapy. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, or again, our, we do have a Facebook page and Instagram. It's uh, Manips and Sips. Uh, uh, my personal handles, which I handle them both. My personal one is the decent doctor. Uh, my business is trifecta therapeutics. Feel free to message me on any of those. And Brandon, feel free to talk about. Yeah. Your my uh, Instagram handle is, uh, doctor underscore B Cruz. And my uh, business is pursue PT now. So you can reach me at both of those handles. Awesome. How's that drink coming? I uh, uh, finished a little, a little bit ago. So uh, yeah. per- perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yep, I just I just finished mine off. So it's, uh, it's about that time to wrap it up then. Yes, sir. All right, man. It was a pleasure. Have a good one. Signing off, guys. Until next time. All right. Bye now.